hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of your favourite metal podcast, Talking Bollocks, or as they would say across the pond in North America, Podcast. So, hello, I am your host, let's do this, come on, the, the, the intro that I can never stop myself doing. My name is Howard H. Smith, I am the lead singer of UK thrash band Acid Rain. When I started this podcast, it was... Um, I used to be, and I'm back doing it again now. That's right, the band has come back in that time, and last year, 2019, we released The Age of Entitlement, first album of 29 years, and I also do stand-up. I have been doing stand-up for 26 years, longer than I've actually been in Acid Rain. Well, given that we have lots of time off. Uh, you can check out my comedy, keithplatt.co.uk. Does anybody use websites anymore? Acid Rain don't. Shut ours. No point. Um, and I do this ear podcast, I do... Um, spoken word shows, the um, uh, tales from the secret uh, history of thrash. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. That's what I do. And if you listen regularly, you're sick of hearing all this. So let's move on. Um, hello and um, happy winter festival. Um, happy Hanukkah. Happy Christmas. Happy um, atheists getting pissed and eating lots of food and giving people presents. Happy to happy everything to all of you, um, wherever you are over this festive period. Uh, I'm sure it's not the usual situation that you're in. It's certainly not for me either. Um, all the various Christmas parties not happening. So as usual, I'm delivering you a two-part Christmas special for you to listen to. Now, normally, I, the reason I do this is so you've got something to listen to over Christmas, to, so you can stick your ear plugs in and um well earbuds not plugs let's face it um if you stuck earplugs in you wouldn't be able to hear you fucking dickhead howard yeah all right all right it's early doors don't start having a go at me yet okay but get it right earbuds okay so earbuds so you can just basically tune out the the relatives well no need because they're not coming around are they <laughs> that's the way it goes depending on what the restrictions are and whatever the part of the world you live in um so, what has been... Yeah, it's it's the same old format, don't you worry about that. What has been happening in the world of metal since we last spoke? Well, I've been listening to um, the new Killer Be Killed album, Reluctant Hero, and it's really growing on me. I can recommend that to everybody. And something that I, was a really nice surprise that I didn't know was coming out and is excellent... Um, is uh, the Soil Work EP. Now, Soil Work brought out an EP called A Wisp of the Atlantic. Um, it's, it's, it's a strange title, that. It, it's, it, it's almost the kind of title that, could, that a band whose first language isn't English could only come up with. Um, and that's not that's not me being arsy. I'm not. It's not a criticism. And it, it's just an observation. Honest, I promise. Um, I mean, I can't speak any other language than English, so I am in no position to be having a go at anybody. Um, but and I'm not having a go. Shit, God, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Um, so yeah, it's great. Basically, is what I'm saying. Um, first track, okay. Just, just as just a heads up. First track is 16 minutes long um there's another four that aren't anywhere near as long as that but um and it's it's progressive it's proggy there's there's some real risks being taken which is a pleasure to hear um and definitely worth checking that out so um so please do that what else has been happening um well obviously been doing the the sepultura specials they're all done now and um they've gone down really really well thank you to everybody if you if you're here because you found out about the podcast because of those thank you welcome it's nice to have you aboard um and you know stay with me and get 
get on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Yes, that's right. I forgot to mention that at the beginning. Um, if you're listening to this, whatever device you're listening to this on, there'll be a description in the podcast. It'll say support this podcast. Tap that. It's a live link and it can take you straight to Patreon where you can sign up for $5 a month. You get this podcast early. You get your own podcast You uh, that doesn't appear live. You get, a, you get a radio show once a month. You get a live Zoom once a month. You get... Uh, you get to ask questions of the interviewees and, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's great. And it's bloody cheap, even though I say so myself. So do that. Anyway, where were we? Oh, yes. Um, so the Sepultura specials, um, they were great. I tell you what, I, what I, oh, another slight technical malfunction there. Never mind. But I tell you what I couldn't believe, right, was as soon as that episode with Derek came out, straight away on Sepultura's Instagram were at least two comments from people saying oh, you're not the you're not the proper singer in sepultura no 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 you're not the you're not the and i just thought are you f- let it go fucking hell how many years is it now you know it's 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 what 26 27 years whatever it is i mean just let it go give the guy a break who is I mean, he's done nothing to deserve that. Absolutely nothing. I mean, the guy owns. Fucking Quadra's amazing. And and there's there's other great albums of Sepultura with with um, Derek on as well. Rawback, to mention just one, uh, A Machine Messiah. But anyway, it's I just... It, it, we do in this heavy metal community that we are, we love to hold a grudge. We really do. We love to hold a grudge. And we will keep holding it but then again people within metal seem to you know within bands seem to love holding a grudge you know i mean uh, well anyway i'm not going to start mentioning all that shit but anyway um i i just found it i just found it unbelievable um i mean who really takes time out of their day to tell Derek green that um he's not really the singer in sepultura after he's been doing it for 26 years you know i i, I it just beggars belief i believe the phrase is Anyway, um, next up, uh, Clown is teasing another uh, a, a potential another Slipknot album again. Um, I mean, whether or not we're going to get that, uh, I can't see how we've been waiting three and four years for Slipknot albums, and all of a sudden we're going to get one, you know, right right away. And uh, and yes, obviously we've had the pandemic and everything else, but uh, well, who knows? Corey Taylor put his solo album out, so you know, he's obviously uh, getting in the studio somewhere. Um, in other news. Um, I have been gifted the uh, Rob Halford uh, book, um, Confessions, and it is uh, well. I've been I've been gifted the audio book actually, so um, I'm going to be uh, going to be listening to that as I drive um, uh, up north for my uh, for my Christmas break. And um, well, it's it it's twelve hours, so it's <laughs> not the drive. Fucking hell, I'll be dead. Um, but uh, no, the uh, the book is. 12 hours long so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and it's a book I've been meaning to get and um, and it was gifted to me by um, uh, a, a, a friend who I don't hear much from and they just it just apprised, it appeared out of the blue and um, it was really really cool I, I love it when stuff like that happens so anyway yeah I've got that and uh, obviously I'll be coming back to you and letting you know what I think not that you care but you know whatever um, so anyway next up next up um, yeah the Dio hologram would tour if it wasn't losing money. That 
is the uh, that is the claim of one of the guys who plays in the uh, the Dio hologram band. Now, all I can say is, and he said basically, you know, it would it would tour more and it would tour if it wasn't losing money. And personally, I would say, well, well, there's your answer. I mean, isn't isn't that isn't that basically market forces? Isn't that the heavy metal community saying no? Just no. We do not want to see a hologram of Ronnie Dio. He has passed. Let's let it go. But no. You know, they're, they're still plugging away. I look, you know, I've I've gone on about this plenty for those of you who've been listening for a while. I mean, it's it's one step up from a cartoon as, as far as I'm concerned. And um, it's just, it, just no. Yeah, just no. I think that's really all I've got after I've gone on and on and on about this for fucking years. That is all I have at the moment, okay? But I'll tell you what, but I'll tell you what, talking about um, going on for years and years and, um, uh, well, yeah, just going on about things for years and years and not having anything else. Well, it's an article on Blabbermouth from Brian Tatler telling you how to play Am I Evil? Yeah, that's right. Uh, because if you've tried to learn Am I Evil from listening to the, listening to the record, I'm sure you couldn't figure it out because it's so complex. Um, I mean, you know, bless. It's, it, it's got to be done, I guess, if you've got something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, really? Really? I mean, surely there's a tab somewhere. But anyway, uh, it, it's the pandemic, isn't it? It's the pandemic. Anyway, everybody is doing whatever they can to keep themselves and other people amused. And I guess Brian Tatler taking the time out to show people how to learn Am I Evil is actually, it's actually quite a nice thing to do, isn't it? I am going to completely talk myself round on this. Um, and, and you know, you, you know what I do sometimes. I'll, I'll start out in a position and then as I'm starting to hear the words fall out of my, li- my, 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 uh, my mouth, bloody hell, um, then I realise that I'm, I may be actually being a dick and I'm prepared to, you know, I'm prepared to change my opinion. Sometimes you have an opinion in your head, okay, and then it comes out of your mouth and you hear that opinion out loud and you go, oh, fucking hell, actually... That's that's wrong, or I'm a I'm a bit of a dick, or I, you know that's that's not very nice, or whatever. I mean, look, all I'm saying is I'm just being self-reflective, okay. And now I've put those words out there, I'm actually being a bit of a dick. There's nothing to criticise here whatsoever, is there? Really, um, it's just a nice thing to do, especially around this time of year. And people, you know, guitarists sat around stuck at home during the pandemic they may well want to learn am i evil and they may want to learn it from brian and he's done a nice and instructional video and mr fucking loudmouth here all i've got is negativity and criticism what a twat what an absolute twat i take it back brian i do apologize it's a nice thing to do and uh, what have we got coming from Anthrax? Well, like like most other metal bands, it would be yet more versions of alcohol. That's right. That's right. It's another whiskey from those lovely people in Anthrax. Another whiskey. And so I find myself actually in the position, and yet yeah, I am about to say this, I find myself taking my hat off and congratulate. I don't know, taking your hat off. I take my hat off to you, sir. Hats off. That is such an old phrase, isn't it? That really does... That that goes back to when people used to wear hats all the time. Like, you know, bowler hats, top hats, all that shit. And people used to celebrate in the highest 
the highest regard of celebration, highest regard, the highest level of celebration was taking your hat off and throwing it in the air. We've all seen it on like old footage and, and films and shit like that. And for some reason, it's still kicking around for hundreds and hundreds of years. And, um, I, I, you know, and now I'll even say, I'm, you know, now you don't even need a hat. It's just hats off, isn't it? Well, funnily enough, my hat is off all the time. I very rarely wear a hat. So presumably, I'm just hats off all the time. So in fact, I'm going to go the other way. Hats on to... Um, what a fucking tangent. I, hats on to, um, to Bullet for My Valentine, who are releasing a spiced mead. That's right. You heard me. It's the Bullet for My Valentine Christmas Spiced Mead. I want... I shall have more mead. More mead for my lord. It's one of those drinks, isn't it? We're going back hundreds of years now. Bloody hell, it was hats going in the air. Now it's fucking a kingly banquet with mead. I shall have more mead. Serving wench, bring me more weed. Sorry. Serving non-binary human. I'd like some fucking mead, please. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to cough my guts up here. And nobody wants to hear that. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it's spiced mead from, from Bullet for My Valentine. And, you know, I just think, well, fuck it, why not? I mean... It's if you if you're going to bring some alcohol out, you've got to try and do something a little bit different. And Bullet for My Valentine have pulled it off. They really, really have. Now, um, what I'm doing with this Christmas special is I I, I wanted to get um, people on who are not necessarily um, in bands um, because we've all pretty much had the same kind of experience in lockdown, as it were. Um, that's not to say I won't be having any more bands on. I'm, I'm not having I will be. I'll be having loads. And as already mentioned in the description of the podcast, my guest this week is um, sing, uh, singing teacher to the stars and me, um, Beth Rose. That is her professional kind of um, moniker, as it were. Um, we got to uh, together um, last year before the tour. Uh, well, I say before the tour, we had um, we had four dates, and it was the first time I'd sung the new stuff, so I wanted to um, just go in and, um, and and have a little bit of brush up. I mean, I hadn't had any any singing lessons for over twenty years, and um, uh, well, anyway, you're you're going to hear because we, we we talk about um, well, we talk about everything during the course of the interview. Now, um, I am going to crack on and get this interview into your ears. This is myself and Beth having a chat a few weeks ago. Hello. Hello, is that Beth? It is Beth. Imagine if it wasn't. Uh, Yeah, that would be weird, wouldn't it? That would be awkward, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, ever so slightly. Yeah. So, um, well, look, hello, how are you? I'm good, yeah, yeah, just getting on. Uh, I'm actually in Scotland. Oh, really? Yeah, I uh, moved up for lockdown part two. <laughs> ah, right. Okay. Well, I guess yeah, you're not you're not kind of tied to London while it's while it's virtual, isn't it? Yeah, right now at the moment everything's online, so I just thought it might be nice to be somewhere where there's some greenery before. Yeah. Before, so yeah, I thought you'd be like, oh, you're in a different place. Are you, How well, about you? Well, you know, I'm still, <laughs> yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in London um, still, and um, I've, I've played, a, I've paid a few trips back to, uh, to Yorkshire, um, mm-hmm. 
uh, to see my mum and uh, look after her. Um, uh, but no, I am. I'm. I'm still in London. Um, it's. I mean, it's, you know, it's where I am. And to be honest, I. You know, I could be anywhere at the moment. There's no, obviously, no live work about. But um, yeah, yeah, it's. Um, it is what it is. You've. I mean, you seem to have from the emails I've been getting. You know, because obviously I'm on your email list and stuff. Um, um, it would seem that you've kind of adjusted the business completely online has it has it you know is it still the same volume or are you um has it just kind of well i presume it's just sort of found its own footing well i was kind of lucky because it, it had been online before for me a lot of it or half my business had been online so to move my kind of london students online wasn't such a big deal um and everyone you know knows uh, what's going on right now so no one was that worried about it but um, also, actually, I ended up being more busy in my teaching because I think everyone was bored in lockdown, especially during the first lockdown. Everyone was just like, well, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to <laughs> learn to sing. So I was absolutely packed for a while. Um, and I actually, I've ended up, yeah, I've just been very, very lucky with it. I've ended up having to kind of cut down my available hours a bit. Otherwise, I just ended up staring at a screen for hours and hours on end. Yeah, that's that's a bit too much like an office job for for what you do, really, isn't it? Yes, I mean, I mean, it is really lovely, and I do really enjoy. There's something that's kind of different about online lessons, um, which means in some ways, I I think it's almost more focused. Like I can really focus in on on things more so than when you're in an in-person lesson, and you get more of a general feel, and there's lots of I don't know, environmental things that are kind of capturing your attention. Um, so there are pros and cons to both. There's, of course, you know, the internet falling apart whenever it wants to. It can be <laughs> a pain yeah. or, um, you know, the amount of times that someone, someone's had a power cut or just the, I don't know, the audio won't work. And sometimes trying to teach an eight-year-old online can be a bit of a, a pain <laughs> uh, trying to get them to organize all their you know backing tracks and things like that so yeah that must yeah. be a yeah yeah with the technical side of it must be uh, a constant challenge let's just put it that way yes well some people are so on top of it like some people are so good like much better than i am and then some people have like there's some people that i I don't know how they survive in the modern world, to be quite honest. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, I don't know how to, to change the tab. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I, I won't say any names, but <laughs> they probably know who they are. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, it's, it's it, like, you know, lockdown and everything else, it has... Everybody has had to really up their up their game with their with their yeah. tech skills. Otherwise, you're yeah. um, you're just going to get left behind. Yeah, yeah, and it's quite a lot for some people as well. If it's just not something you're naturally inclined to, uh, for sure. But I think everything. I think it's going to change everything with. Um, I, I don't know how we work, and, yeah. and maybe maybe even you know for us being performers. Um, it's still, you know, I, I guess the portion may stay online more. I don't know. I uh, yeah. I mean, um, I, I really hope not. I mean, from my the the comedy side of things, I've um, of I haven't course. done I haven't done any. I mean, I've done two shows this year that were live in a venue, which was in oh. September. Um, but 
I, I can't. Yeah, for, certainly from a, a comedy point of view, I, I don't. I, I can't do it. I can't be, you know, sat at home or stood in front of a screen ranting about stuff, you know, delivering a comedy without that, you know, without that audience reaction, without that the, that live feel, without those people in a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's bizarre. It is bizarre. It is bizarre. It's really weird. Some of um, my uh, subscribers have been saying about you should do online streaming on Twitch, and I've been avoiding it and avoiding it because it feels really weird to me just sitting in my room singing to a computer screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe, maybe I will do it eventually. I don't know. It just feels like the most bizarre thing, and I find that something about it is a little bit more stressful. It's more easy to get kind of caught in your own head about everything because you've got you can't really be in the moment in the same way that you are with yeah. an audience, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and also, also the the um, it's the feedback from the crowd as well. I mean, the, you, you know, certainly from a from a from a comedy point of view, from a music point of view, being on stage, being able to see into people's eyes being able to see what's going on and also you're all in the same environment so whereas online you know everyone is in a different environment and from a comedy point of view because of people's varying um internet speeds you know some people are laughing before others and all and it's just it's it's a it's just a complete non-experience um and and yeah gig wise i mean yeah it's just it's really not the same yeah, I get that. I really miss it as well, though. I really miss... I, I, it's silly, the little things that you miss, like going to a restaurant or going... I don't know. It's all these yeah. tiny things. Like, I was, I saw someone was in an airport the other day on, on Facebook, and I was like, I just want to be in an airport. <laughs> I don't even want to go anywhere. Just go... <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be sat um, eating the most overpriced crappiest breakfast ever and washing it down with a massively expensive beer at five in the morning in something yeah. that resembles a um a supermarket that has sprung up in the middle of nowhere um, yeah, exactly. i just want to have that feeling again yeah exactly exactly but you know uh hopefully we're on to uh you know with vaccines and stuff hopefully there's an end to it now so that's good yeah 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 no i hope so and um and, for, and it's funny what you were just you mentioned there about about performing and um uh i mean obviously to you to me you are uh, you are my my singing teacher um despite the fact that obviously you know for full disclosure to those listening we we've only, we have only ever had two lessons with you and that was about this time last year um, <laughs> which is bizarre because it feels like yesterday um but uh, you you're a performer in your own right as well um and in in what in what capacity you know are you are, you know are, are you are you part of a uh, a group is it on your own yeah well i i've done lots of different performance throughout my life you know i started yeah. as a performer i started as a a singer doing musicals so kind of west end stuff and then um i went into teaching and i've always kind of kept it going uh, mostly doing jazz gigs Really, I've done right. a lot of jazz gigs, and then um, you know nowadays it, I just do the odds. As I say, I've, I've been doing some on my YouTube channel, and um, so I really don't have a very like set like you do this. 
Um, yeah. If someone was like, come and do this singing job, I'd, I'd be like, of course. And it's just kind of whatever um, turns up. Right. But um, I haven't been doing, I mean, obviously I haven't been doing, I was about to say, I haven't been doing much for the last year or so, but that kind of really <laughs> makes sense. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> as if that is something that um, everyone has not been doing as well. Um, yeah, it's just something that I've kind of kept doing, I've kept performing alongside, and I think it's really important for my teaching as well to, you know, be able to, to do it and keep my yeah. skills up as well. Yeah, yeah, keep keep your chops up. Um, and and yeah, it, it, so when at what point did um, did Beth Rawls take shape? Do you you know was it a particular moment where you maybe saw a a, a singing teacher doing a you know you know d- doing a, a critique of someone's vocals and thought hey you know I could do that? How did it how did it all come about? Yeah, well, I just finished. I was working as a musical director for a cruise ship company, and I just. Wow. quit that job I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore and I didn't know what to do hang on and hang on hang on how long I, I've got to stop you how long did you do that for uh I did that for maybe two three years yeah it doesn't strike me as a job that you can stay in long term yeah well I wasn't on the ships. I was in London and I kind yeah. of and, and then taught the the cast it but it's so intense because you're just constantly in the rehearsal period of the shows you don't kind of get the fun bit of doing the shows you're just organizing all these rehearsals and they, you know it is fun in a lot of ways but it there's a lot it's got to be done really quickly and um it, it's not always in the best environment and it is quite a stressful job from that sense and as soon as you finish working with one cast there's another cast going out and you're writing the cast for the next um the next cast so it just yeah i was absolutely knackered by the time i finished that job um, and it just, uh, yeah, so I, I, I kind of ramped up my teaching again at that point, and I was like, right, oh, I, I don't really know what I'm what I'm doing, and a friend said, oh, I've seen people doing, like, a vocal coach react, and there was just maybe one or two people doing it at that time, and there wasn't very many people, and um, I was like, no, I'm not doing that, that's tacky, I'm definitely not going to do that, was <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, and she was like, oh, give it a go, give it a go. And then I was like, fine, I'll do, I'll do a couple of videos. It seems, it's fun, fine. So I did like uh, a few videos. It was a few down the line. Well, actually, in the first week, I, a couple of people wanted lessons from me, and I was like, oh, well, okay, maybe it is a, a good thing. And I didn't really expect it to be that big, you know. I had yeah. like a few hundred views across videos. And then suddenly I had this one video that randomly just went massive in the Philippines. And um, as the YouTube algorithm decides, you know, when it wants yeah. to decide. Yeah. And that was that. And I was like, oh, oh, goodness. Uh, people are actually watching this. So I should actually try and make this uh, <laughs> look all right. Yeah. <laughs> so you sort of you sort of reversed engineered it. It's like everyone decided it was worth watching, so you kind of then had to go back and give it a bit of a bit of gleam, a bit of professionalism. I, I was terrible to begin with. I like didn't have <laughs> a microphone. I had like it was like my camera was like on this weird setting because I didn't really know how to use it, so it was all <laughs> orange yeah. and grainy. And then I was like, right, oh, I need to learn how to do these things. So um, yeah, just kind of. Uh, bit by bit try to improve improve it as I go along and it's been the last again maybe maybe three years two two to three years that I've been doing that now so um 
Yeah, it's it, and um, now I'm kind of trying to. I guess like anything, I get easily uh, bored, so I'm trying to um, look at do different types of videos now again. So um, I'm looking more into like the science of um, singing and the psychology behind singing and stuff like that. So. Yeah, you know, it's always I, I can't do the same thing for too long. I have to change it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a well, I'm an ADHD uh, diagnosed myself, so I, I know all about that. Um, <laughs> and uh, not that you know, not not that you are. I'm just saying. But um, I mean, I, I know what you mean, though. I mean, it's like if if you go back to my my podcast one. I mean, I've done about 130 podcasts now. Okay. And, um, but you got to go back to number one, and it's a prime example of anybody uh, of anybody can do it <laughs> um uh, yeah i mean it's it's you know it's calamitous and it's um yeah it's for me it's unlistenable i'm just cringing whereas yeah and and yeah. now here we are like you know five years on or whatever it is and i'm hosting the um you know the official motorhead podcast and and you know th- this seems to be getting some real traction as well and it's just um but I, but i guess that's you know that's that's how you do it isn't it, it, it it's I, I, my theory was there's no point in putting a ton of work and planning in if this is going to be a dead loss. So you just mm-hmm. kind of do it and see what happens. And then when you yeah. start getting a reaction, it's kind of like, right, okay, so let's put some resources into this. Yes, exactly. And you just don't know until, uh, yeah. uh, until you do it what's going to happen and if it's going to be received well. Um, so you just might as well just give it a shot and see and and then... As you say, backwards, backwards, kind of learn how to do everything. But and and also, like I just never expected anything to kind of take off that much. Yeah. Um, So you just you just don't know. Um, And with YouTube, it's certainly changing all the time with the algorithms and things like that. So you're really down to like you know all the time it's down to the algorithm gods really whether stuff gets boosted or not and sent to a certain amount of people or not. So you don't really know, you know, it's, it, as you go along, what's going to happen. Anyway, yeah, and and that is the downside of 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 any anyone who's running any kind of business, you know, that involves YouTube, because ultimately, it might be your business, but it's their platform, and mm-hmm. they can do what they like when they like. They can change terms on you whenever they like, and you pretty mm-hmm. much have no power. Um, yeah, and you just and, and yeah, I, I I feel for you really do because it, it's in the back end, it it's it's not only is it a mystery, but it's also a constantly changing mystery. Yes, yeah, it's really interesting as well as the thing because you know everything in the past has been reaction videos, so obviously um, I'll be reacting to an artist, and you're using clips of their music. And there's been a constantly changing oh, yeah. uh, movement around copyright. Yeah. So at first, like it was up, seemed when I first did it really, really fine. I ended up getting the monetization for um, all of it mostly. Yeah. But then it kind of started that people were like sharing it, which seems completely fair to me. So the artist gets half, and the person who does the reaction gets half. Yeah. Um, which I was like, right, that seems fair. And then now it's actually since COVID, and I suspect it's just companies panicking about, um, you know, not having as much money and stuff. But everything has been like, we will take all the money off everything. And it's it's been really interesting as well because the because of the system, anyone can say 
that they they own the copyright yeah. to your video. And then you have to dispute it. Yeah. But for that time, YouTube is then taking the money, yeah. um, the ad money. And so it, so anyone can say, and they might just get a little bit, and so there's probably some like sharks out there just claiming random people all the time. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I'm like, well, this is definitely not the record label for that person. Yes. <laughs> um, so there's all the things like that which can be a little bit uh, a little bit dodgy with it. But you don't really know, especially with those ones, what you're going to get back from it. Whereas you know some videos, I can be like, well, I know I'm going to get all the money from that video. Yeah, right. yeah. No, I and and I've I've seen that as well. Um, and it is. It is what really does my head in is when uh, is if you use music and the record label block it. Yeah, uh, that and I'm like, really, guys? Do you know? Do you know how the internet works? Do you know how the music business works these days? Yeah, you know? yeah it's yeah, like yeah. what you want no money instead of some money. Yeah, it is really strange. That, like, why? Why would they block it? It doesn't. Um... Because also yeah. as well, you know, there's some artists um, from the reaction video scene have like really come through that. Like there's especially some of them, like Ginger, um, that yeah. metal artist. She is that band, like because there's been so many reactions of Ginger Pisces. Yeah. Um, that's that was part of the fuel that like lifted that song. Well, there's there's um, loads of there's loads of people who only know Ginger because of the reaction videos. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if those things start getting blocked, then it's bizarre to me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think there's so many reaction videos now. So many, so many mm. people doing them. And, and from various perspectives, you know, like, like young rappers listening to metal for the first time and metalers yeah. listening to rap for the first time. And, um, you know, I mean, we, yeah. we you know, we, we've all seen them. Um, but I, do you know what? I'm such a sucker. I get I get drawn in. I really do. And there's there's nothing like reaction videos to draw you into a YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, it is something really watchable about it. There's one that I love. There's a guy, uh, this British priest. <laughs> what? Reacts stuff. Yeah, no, but he's also like really sweet and like he's always like, oh, it's kind of nice. Like, um, and I, I just really enjoy watching this, this priest like watch like Billy Eilish and be like, "Well, you see the devil imagery there." I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> yes, it's 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 like yeah, that's that's just a million miles away from what you do. Um, yeah, it's, it's so funny. But it is. I mean, I I mean, I I watched a um I, I watched a a video the other day and it was it's this young and say young he's about 13 14 um Um, black kid living in um like in the deep south in the states and he's doing a reaction video to to uh to a a metallica song that came out in like 1991 or something and and Mm -hmm. um a friend of him a friend of his had told him to listen to to it because it it, you know he listened to it a lot when his granddad died and all this and i was thinking well i've got to watch this and and you know this kid just just stops the song about four or five minutes in, and he's just like just bursts into tears, and he just can't stop crying, and he's he's like talking about you know how how the music's making him feel, but there's a, a set of lyrics that are particularly poignant and all this. And I was just thinking, it's like it's 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 incredible to see the reach of people's 
music and I I just love seeing music affect people that inverted commas you'd never have thought it would affect do you know mm-hmm. what I mean it's like mm-hmm. you know this really really old Metallica song and they're in their 60s now and there's this you know there's this and there's this there's this there's this kid crying his eyes out to music of theirs that is you know considerably older than he is um, um and I don't know there's just something about those contrasting videos where you know where it's people from a, a a particular kind of musical background venturing into different different musical areas that's always what kind of fascinates me um, I think it's something that just shows how like connected people are by music it's so yeah. it's so kind of heartwarming isn't it yeah it's universal mm, yeah, yeah it's really really lovely to see that for sure and um but I don't know. sorry go on no it's 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 like a weird genre i was about to say that um it is beautiful and there is like so much that's really lovely about it i i wonder what the future is i'm always like for it will it always will it be a thing that people continue to watch or will that be a thing that people like step back from? I don't know. I yeah. think it's, because at some point, is it going to be a fad that eventually people move on to something else? Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, well, unboxing videos—they're still going. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and you know, who thought that would have been a thing? Um, yeah. Well, maybe that's because of the companies, though. <laughs> yes. That give the products. They they fund those ones. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And funnily enough, going back to that ginger video, um, I, I, I'm, I remember seeing, I remember watching your, you reacting to that video, mm-hmm. and because um, I knew what was coming, and yeah. and to just to, to it, it's, I mean, it's priceless. Presum- presumably, you like watching other people kind of react as well because it's kind of. Yeah. yeah, when you when you when you initially heard that, I mean, you can tell on your face that you, you're you're so shocked. That what do you do? Do you instantly do you instantly does your brain just instantly start trying to break down? How is she doing that? Yeah, well, it, yeah, a little bit. Um, I find it really hard to not do to like not have my singing teacher head, but there will be there are ones that like I'll just be like. I can't even think about it in that way because I'm just enjoying it so much. Something yeah. like that, though. I, I just want to learn. I'm like, what? How do you do that? Um, and when it's for her, I guess the thing is that it's so contrasting with her. You know, you don't expect a you know, well, you just don't expect a woman to be able to make that big a distorted sound. Yeah. And then when she does, you're like, oh wow, you know, that yeah. doesn't look like it comes from her. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the guttural nature of it, isn't it? You just you just mm. it that's that's the the kind of what what throws you because it's mm. so guttural. Yes, it, it's got that depth to it, and then the earlier parts as well. She's singing so kind of like nicely and cleanly, and that contrast that is very a shocking moment, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, I must admit, I haven't been doing much singing in the house in lockdown. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, but funnily, do you know what? It took a while, but um, but head, my head voice clicked. I don't know how or why, um, but it just it clicked, and I realised that over the years I've been doing it, but never knowing what it was. 
and, mm-hmm. and literally kind of thinking, oh, that's odd. I'm 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 singing, but I'm kind of oh, that's that's a bit weird. But I but it, it was almost like I kind of slipped into it. Mm. But yeah, it's yeah, it's it's really it's really really odd. I'd say it's so interesting as well because a lot a lot of the parts of our voice we already know how to make those sounds. It's yeah. just identifying when we already do it. Um, so that's why I often get people to do like the woohoo and things like that because that is essentially your head voice making like a little party noise. But it's and then it's working out like ah yeah okay that's what that sound feels like in my body. Um, which is a bizarre thing. And it's so bizarre because everyone feels things differently as well. So it can be interesting as a, as a teacher just having to be like, well, how do you feel that? Where where in your body do you feel that? Or some people feel the real resonance of the sound and some people feel um, the actual like muscular movement, so like the shapes they're making with their mouth and their vocal tracts and things like that. Um, so it's just really interesting because some people are like, oh, I feel it in my ears. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> I've never felt um, the, the music in my ears, but yeah, no, why not? I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I just, I just, I don't, I don't think. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like you know, open, mm-hmm. o- open mouth voice, co- you know, noise come out, um, mm-hmm. and and it's mm-hmm. kind of like that's that, that that's the end of it. But even in those just those couple of lessons we had, you managed to point out a couple of invaluable things, like oh. like bad habits that I'd got into, like my breathing was just ludicrous and that that was the thing that you pointed out that made a massive difference a massive difference you know because I I I mean I was and funnily enough I spoke to another singer about this and and I explained how I used to sing which is take a breath and then sing until you think you're not you're going to run out of breath and then take another one (laughs) Uh, and and he was like yeah yeah what's wrong with that and I'm like oh no dude (laughs) no no, it's, it's it turns out that's not how to do it. <laughs> um, it's not funny though because there's like so many like kind of universal. It, it's so counterintuitive a lot of singing in that you feel like it's it's like life. It's like a life lesson. Like you feel like the more effort you put in, the better it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and it's often you know we do that in every aspect of life and singing and whatever. And often it's not really that. It's finding like the kind of the most efficient way to do it often is the and then it becomes easy and then you're like aha that's that's when you've got it good well again again you pointed out you pointed out the tension in my the tension in my jaw yeah. you know and 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 it's that you know kind of like I, I don't know just just a natural tension and and I was kind of nodding along when you were saying that because I was thinking, no, it's, it's almost not 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 putting any effort, but you put you need to put the effort into, or I need to put the effort into, kind of relaxing and just letting it happen. Mm, but everyone, everyone is the same. Um, I mean, it's have I? Have, I'm just trying to think if I have a student who doesn't. Oh, the only time that really people don't do that is when they're really shy or nervous to sing out, uh, but yeah. don't put enough kind of just energy behind it. But often, actually, that still manifests in some sort of physical tension. Yeah. Um, and it's still this, it's just a symptom of the same thing, just not allowing your voice to do what it can do. 
you're holding it back in some way. And, and you know, some of us will, like, mentally go full force into it, but then use our muscles to kind of hold it back. Yes. Yeah. Um, so did you, have you ever, um, have you ever picked up a, um, a client from um, a video that you have um, done a review of? Oh, yes, loads and loads. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Yeah, um, well, of, oh, do you mean of the actual person? I I mean the actual artist. Yes, I actually, yeah. Well, I kind of have had a client, but we haven't had a lesson. They were like, we we will, uh," they were like, will you give me a lesson? And then they did not, so have a lesson yet. So maybe, maybe one day. So I, I meant, I thought you meant, like yeah. other general person. But yeah, no. yeah, no. Um, so yeah, there was um, someone who I also had on my podcast actually, um, who came on and was like, oh yeah, um, who was from Afghanistan and wanted to do some songs in English, and was like, but then I, I don't know, COVID happened, so ah. who knows what happened. But um, yeah, that was the only, the only one I think. The cool thing, though, has been able to interview and talk to people from my reactions. Right. So, like, a lot of people who I've reacted to have either, like, got in touch or someone that they know has got in touch, and it's just been amazing to talk to the people from within. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Oh, there was a really cool one. There was someone who was doing... Uh, um, it was an Alice in Chains, uh, a person who was doing a, a cover of Alice in Chains. Yeah. And they were working with a really big band um, and had been watching my videos to learn how to be um, like um, like Lane Staley. So that was interesting. And he was from a really cool band. Well, I'm not going to say because I don't know if he'd want me to. But anyway, but that was, um, so there's cool stuff like that that has happened. Wow. I'm God, trying to sing like Lane Staley. No, thanks. Um. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, and he's just got, <laughs> and he's been like, yeah, I've been watching lots of videos to try and find out how to do it. So, um, yeah, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just take, a, just take a little look inside his throat and head there, um, and you'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's not like it's not like drumming. You know, it's not like a guitarist. You can't you can't watch someone's technique and no. and 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 copy it and be closer to them as an artist, is it? It's it's yeah. you know. Well, we yeah we're all our own unique individual little snowflakes, aren't we? And we've you know <laughs> everyone's got their own little things they can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of I- which. Speaking of which, I wanted to um, I wanted to ask you about a particular singer who's a favourite of mine, which is Mike mm-hmm. Patton from Faith No More. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've seen you do a few of his reactions. Yeah, um, and it's uh, I mean I'm I'm a massive massive fan of his. Um, but the weird thing is, when you say that, it's kind of like right, okay, but which version of Mike Patton are you talking about? You know, yeah, uh... <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's it's like. It's so weird because he he can be a crooner, he can be a screamer, he can I mean he can do every I don't think there's a thing he can't do. He can rap, he can do the lot. Mm, he is someone who's obviously incredibly versatile, and I do find there's like I like two types of maybe personalities, not really singers. There's people who really um, capitalize on 
their own uniqueness um, and there are people who are like super versatile and are able to kind of just like uh, Floor, Flory uh, Nightwish, she's kind of like that who can swap between different styles really quickly um, however he's kind of been able to be both in that like he's so unique because he's so versatile and kind of because he puts everything in at once it becomes this kind of bizarre but amazing thing to watch yeah absolutely because you can have you know you can have him you can have him on a um you can have him putting together a a, a soundtrack for a movie um yeah. you know uh, a a beautiful little lilting soundtrack and then he'll be doing he'll do like something um, uh, I mean, he did, a, he did an EP back in the day with Dillinger Escape Plan, which is just it's just like pig squeals and all sorts. It's just, it's just mental. Um, but the, the just the variety is is absolutely astounding. And funnily enough, what you were talking about there about uh, you know uh, people who capitalise on on what they do and being really good at it. Um, I, I I've always I'm always struck by Maynard from Tool um, mm-hmm. as to how he uses his voice. Because he's got such an amazing range, um, but again, he likes to travel around the genres, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and just kind of try and expand on that. Um, it's it, you know for some for someone like myself, it's 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 amazing. You know they they are they are you know people to sort of look up to and try and, and try and emulate. But again, it depends on it, it. Also depends on the confines of the music you're working in. Yeah, it's. Um, it's interesting. Well, I was talking to an accent coach actually recently about about this, and she was talking about how we really love things as humans that meet our expectations. That you know, you can't just go and sing like a blues song. We're talking about accents within music, yeah. and you can't really go and sing, or it, like you know, it's kind of weird to go and rap in a Scottish accent, right? <laughs> <laughs> for example um, because it doesn't meet our expectations so we don't like it but however what I have also been thinking about a lot is that we do like something that's got like a slight it has to kind of meet our expectations but also be slightly different for it to be like awesome so we want it to be like yeah we, we see we're comfortable with that and then it's got a little edge and and people who are really really great are just toe that line really really well of like right we understand this thing but we are so there's something really weird about us <laughs> at the same time yeah yeah so it's 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 giving you that it's giving you that warm feeling of what you expected but then it gives you a nice mm-hmm. little surprise of something that is just slightly edgy yeah. so it's something left of center that you're not expecting i mean certainly if it's very certainly for like mainstreaming stuff i feel like mike Patton. He off, he's his own thing. <laughs> he's the, he's kind of so everywhere that like. But then I guess that's also why he has like a very like cult following, but not perhaps a mainstream following. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. I remember. I, I think I was watching a, 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 a. It might have been a reaction you did fairly recently, actually, where he's he's singing and he's like he's singing the choruses, he's rapping the verses, he's screaming as well. And at one point he's he he's got the he's got the mic. Um, he's he's kind of got his head back and he's he's sort of screaming and then he just drops the mic and it drops straight into his mouth and he's just kind of holding it in his mouth. Yeah, and he's, it sounds like an elephant and he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you just think, 
I, what was he like as a small boy? His parents must have heard these weird noises coming out of his bedroom all the time. What? Because yeah. he, you know, he must have been experimenting with his voice as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I actually again watched a, a YouTube video about a beatboxer and him just being like, when I was a kid. All I did all day was like whenever someone pressed like a button and it made noise, I would copy that sound. It must have been the most irritating child to have. Like every time there's a noise, it's like beep, beep, and he just would do it. And then he became a beatboxer and he's one of the most successful beatboxers. But um, yeah, (laughs) learning to do that is not fun for everyone else around. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's bad. It's bad enough. It's bad enough having a child who's learning to sing or playing the violin. Um, yeah. But you know, oh, gosh, I think man. yeah that that puts that puts the recorder in its place. That's for sure. Yes, yeah. Um, but I guess like you know the weird things that that's what makes people great. Uh, um, those things kind of being weirdly obsessive about making strange noises. That's what's made them so good at it. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I guess uh, you know everybody has their own their own path, their own set of skills, and all the rest of it. I mean, I, I you know, there's um, I don't know if it's a true story. I, well, I'm pretty sure it's true that um, Ronnie James Dio, who was um, I don't know if you've done any reactions to him, but he was. Um, I have. Yeah. You have. What a voice! What yeah. a voice! And I mean, just. It's just like, yeah, dude, you were born like that. You were born that way, and you know it was just meant to happen. I mean, he's, he's, he's. I think I think he was. He's probably slightly smaller than you. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah. He was. He was tiny, with a you know with a voice that you know, ten times mm. his size. Um, yeah. And apparently, his um, his uh, warm up routine was uh, smoke a joint. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's so fun. <laughs> some people are just like that, though. Like, yeah, you know, some people are just born able to do it, and I know people who can do all the things, but like you shouldn't really do. Um, but it's it doesn't make a difference. They're just you know, their voice. They're just completely in control of it, and it sounds great. And you know, lucky them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I first first tour I ever did as a as, as a teenager, um, and the the singer in the um. Uh, in in the band that we were supporting, Nuclear Assault, was John Connolly, and and his voice is just like like it's almost like a screech, mm. and and I, you know I, I I was like you know coughing and spluttering sort of four or five days into the tour, and and you know sore throat and all the rest of it, and he was absolutely fine, absolutely fine. Yeah. You know no warm ups, no nothing. He'd go out there screech for like an hour and 20 minutes a night and be absolutely fine and i and you know i'd be i'd be feeling it doing sort of 45 minutes a night mm. um it's weird yeah i find those people though are like weirdly like in tune with how their voice feels like they're able to feel all the time or yeah. whether whether they are pushing or they're doing some sort of damage. Whereas, like, there's a certain, you know, most people don't. Most people just kind of go for it and your voice kind of, you know, you push into your voice and you do all sorts of things and don't really pay attention to that. And then some people are just so in tune with it that they kind of don't do things that hurt it, um, even if they're making quite extreme sounds. Because all, all these extreme sounds can be done in a really healthy way. Just some people just do it naturally. Yeah, yeah, and, and he used to play. The, he, he was a guitarist as well, and he always said that his, you know, his mind was on his guitar playing, 
and yeah. and basically the singing just had to you know he just it, the singing just had to fit with what he was doing if you know what i mean it's so interesting that people it's such a, a bizarre thing and it's so vastly complicated if you look into like the like actually being able to for us to speak is so vastly complicated in terms of all the muscles we need to use and the, how our brain works it's amazing that we can do that and that also some people can just jump into it and seem to be just born in that way yeah i don't know how that occurs but uh they can it's amazing yeah fact, i've actually been reading up about um people who are like born with um like savant syndrome so who you're born with some sort of amazing ability whether it's singing or playing piano or um doing lots of maths or memorizing the phone books these are all things that people can have <laughs> um, but also like there was a guy who got hit by lightning and the next day he was able to play piano um to like what? concert piano level and the fact that you can like your brain um it, it damaged part of his brain and made a connection between two parts of your brain that it wouldn't normally be there and it gave him the, the ability to play the piano and that's what they think with a lot of people who are born um yeah it's it's just really interesting um it's just to do with different brain connections but also like the piano sounds so bizarre because it seems like such a skill that you have to practice so i you know no one quite understands it yeah so it's basically it was it it it, it it sort of remapped his brain, sort of created neurological links that weren't there before. Yeah. But then also there's ones like people learning, you know, a language and being able to speak in a language that they didn't know before. And they don't know what, how that is the case, if it's like genetic learning or something like that. There's, but yeah, it's really, really interesting. Uh, yeah. Some of the skills seem to be kind of imprinted within us. Um it's just it'd be nice to know how to tap into them yeah well it's it's well it's, it is like that that you know when they say oh you know some people are predisposed to be good at languages i mean let's face it mm-hmm. that's a phrase we've heard all our lives oh you know they're good at languages or you know yeah. and 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 i you know i struggle with english um and i just think <laughs> how the hell do they you know how do, how does that work you know is is there you know is there a is there a kind of you know a predisposition for these people that for some reason they you know they just have the ability to to pick languages up they pick them up incredibly easy you know and and is it the same for people who are you know born singers or you know you know how much of it is you know are, are we born with if you like yeah it's really it's obviously so hard to tell and how much of it is like, you know, it's the classic nature or nurture sort of question, isn't it? And yeah. I mean, there certainly are within the kids that I teach. Some kids are just super, super natural and they, you know, you get the odd kid and you're just like, just know how to do this. And other kids aren't like that. Most, you know, it's a real kind of, like a bell curve, I suppose. There's some kids who are just instantly amazing. But also it's still the same thing as like, you know, if you're playing football, if you don't do football all the time, you're not going to become a great footballer. Yeah. So even if you were born like predisposed, I can't say the word predisposed. There you go. Yeah, well do, done. There we go. <laughs> uh, speaking is hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> to do singing, if you don't do it, then it's still you know you still won't become 
a great singer. It still requires a certain amount of kind of physical work, whether you realize it or not, because singing doesn't feel like physical work, but you're still exercising those muscles, even if you're not doing it in a specifically I'm training sort of way. Yes, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's basically practice makes perfect. And uh, that, you know, yeah. that fr- that phrase still holds true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah ma- no matter how you're kind of born. Yeah, no matter how many natural advantages no matter how many natural advantages you may have. Yeah, yeah. But also I think the kids who are naturally good at it just then want to do it because it's something they're naturally good at. So Yeah, yeah, there, I mean there's definitely there's definitely a um a, I I think a, a part of that. Um I mean I, I it it's kind of weird when I when I was younger I always I I used to enjoy singing and I think I stopped enjoying it as the when I got a, a really really bad review. Um, mm-hmm. and and the, and the weird thing is, I mean, I had that I had that review nineteen years old. I might have told you this last year, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and it's amazing how much of an impact that review had on my own attitude towards singing as well. And I kind of put it at the back of the queue. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like, right, I love everything about being in a band, literally everything, other than the physical act of singing. And mm. and I and I even used to I even used to you know say that to people, but I think I had it kind of kicked out of me almost if you like, um, and then and, and funnily enough it was you know having a a couple of lessons with you last year really really brought back the 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 love that I yeah. that that I have for it, um, and. I mean, I'd, I'd, I loved recording our, our, our most recent album and, I, and, I, and I'd really kind of got in touch with my singing again and really pushed myself and I was really pleased with what I'd done. And then I was determined that people weren't going to turn up to shows and go, well, he sounds better than ever on record, but let's face it, uh, you know, couldn't pull it off live. And I was determined that no one was going to come away with that. And then coming and seeing you last year and spending that time working with you, absolutely brought back you know really brought back my love of singing so thank you very much oh that's so so nice to hear and i, I feel like when you go to singing from an, that attitude it often kind of changes people's voices in a positive way as well i guess when you're not going in from that place of stress <laughs> yeah absolutely well put it this way when we rehearsed before we went away on tour because that was you know it was this time last year and i was you know saying to you look i want to get the you know i want, I want to be i want to be ready for these shows and um uh when we were in rehearsals we finished one of the one of the songs that i was that 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 we worked on new age narcissist with really high high notes in the choruses and um uh we re- we did it at rehearsals and um as soon as we stopped the song one of the guitarists turned to me and said um, do you just want to take it easy because you're banging it out at the moment and you know we've got you know we've got we've got four solid we've got four dates in a row to start with and I'm like dude it doesn't matter <laughs> you know I'm like I'm I'm you know I've 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 been doing the work I've been doing the and this is just I said I'm, I'm I'm I said it doesn't feel like I'm putting any effort into it it's just I'm actually really enjoying singing these songs and that's what you're picking up on and that's what you probably have never picked up on before because I haven't been really enjoying singing them. 
Oh, that's so nice to hear. I love that. I love hearing them, these sort of stories of, um, I guess, yeah, I mean, it's just nice to help. <laughs> I guess, hear that it has made a difference. Um, and it's just nice hearing when people get that freedom within their voice and that enjoyment again, because it's so easy to get bogged down by something that happens, as you say, when you were 19. Yeah. That can stick with you for so long. Um, and that little bit of like negative negativity towards you and it, it just really can knock people's confidence and and that it i think is what is exactly what happened to me it was a loss of confidence and so you know um i mean i think i even had a t-shirt made up i did have a t-shirt made up saying i can't sing and i used to wear it on stage and it was just like it was almost like i played into the narrative and it was like that was my way of dealing with it that was my defense mechanism was to take it on yeah. you know if you take something on people can't beat you over the head with it but in yeah. doing so i took it on 100% and and it seeped into my own confidence and ate it away yeah yeah it's so tough it's such a tough industry like whether it's comedy or or music when you're putting yourself out there um, all the time and you are then just left kind of open to people's opinions and people's opinions one you know it's and at 19 as well it's really hard to take that on and understand that also one people may not be right and it's just an opinion and I certainly would be the sort of person at that age to have fully just been like have taken that on and been like well that means I'm not good at this thing yeah. um, so I totally understand that and you know even as you grow older it's still something that like you have to remind yourself and be like if you're if you're someone who has to constantly put yourself um out there yeah i mean it, just from the well i i the the to give you a real a, a, a simple idea of of um the difference it makes and certainly for people listening as well is um, that song that I was particularly wanting to work on, New Age Narcissist, which had the really high chorus, and I knew we were going to be playing it in the set, and um, and I was dreading it. You know, it was it was like a oh god, it's that next, and and uh, you know, and and it's just like oh, and then doing that work, getting that confidence back, knowing how to to get those notes and hit them every time and for them to be strong and feel confident about it. And every night I was just looking forward to playing that song more than anything, literally like a complete 180 from dreading it to looking forward to it. Because in my head, it's almost like I want to show off. I want to show. I want to show off the skills I've that I've I've relearned. You know, it's yeah. um, and and it's it is a, a a huge huge difference because of course that that when you if if you take the lack of confidence in and you take all of that dread in, that all creates stress and pressure, which are going to make it worse. Yeah, well, your voice, you know your voice is there to communicate your emotions or what you're uh, you, what you want to say so if you're feeling stressed of course that's going to carry into your voice and if you think about you know how your voice reacts to stress in every day you know that's yeah if you're crying and you can't get your voice out you know if, in an extreme emotional situation but if you're feeling that stress in your body it does the same when you're <laughs> Um, you know, every time you sing and you're getting stressed, it's going to kind of like choke you, like you would if you were speaking and you were stressed. 
Yeah. Um, so it's so interesting because our, our confidence and our emotions are so connected to our voice. And although a lot of my job is like physically, you know, giving people or trying to give people the tools that they can physically use to, you know, achieve notes or whatever, it's also about confidence um, in themselves because really that is everything. If you, you can know everything about singing, but if you don't have confidence, you're not going to be able to there will become points at least that that gets in the way yeah yeah and ba- basically what we're saying what we're saying here is stress is bad stress yeah. is bad yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> stress uh, is bad chill out that's it <laughs> yeah yeah basically that's it enjoy yourself um, yeah it's not uh, funny though isn't it like in life we always do this like you think it's the whole thing as humans we want to like we stress about everything and it's actually always the thing that gets in the way I yeah. think it's a natural thing yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I used to be a um, I used to be somebody who would um, procrastinate o- over decisions. Do you know what I mean? I I you know I mm-hmm. almost proud of myself that you kind of like well no you know take the situation weigh up all of the possible outcomes, um and like and try and figure out what to do from there. And then what I realised was what I was doing was I was I was weighing up all the outcomes. So let's say there's six potential outcomes. So I'm trying to weigh those all up and make my decision. And it's like, well, actually, what you've got is you've got you've got you've created six problems. If you just make a decision, you'll only have you'll only have the fallout from that one decision to deal with. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and it, but it, it takes ages to kind of, you know, realize that you're just creating problems where there aren't any. And it, it all comes back to stress. It does. It does. And like a lot of the time, because, you know, uh, I, I, li- I literally recently did a video on this, but on um, how, you know, my default is as a person, if I feel like I'm stressed about something, I will kind of like overwork, you know, I will kind of really go towards that thing and be like, right, I'm going to do it 110%. And actually, it's not the best thing, really. Either I end up like not enjoying that thing. Um or because I've just been so stressed about it the whole time and like or um like with things like singing where you just it's just gonna get in your way, I end up like then not doing the job as well anyway. So and you know, I think there's people on both sides of that, as you say, you can be the other side of being a procrastinator and just step back a little bit from things and or delay things. Um but both neither work. <laughs> and yeah. it all comes back to the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 also there's 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 touring as well, and and being being a touring musician, I mean the the it's just the the, the stress and strains of the body, the sleep, the the diet, and everything else, and then singing on top of that is just yeah, it's um it, it's it's a it's it's a real strain. Yeah, and you've got to know yourself and know your limits and know yeah. what your voice can handle and what you can handle, and you know when you can go out and when when you know some people as we said earlier there's some people who can like go out and then do a gig the next day and it just be perfect and they've just had no sleep and they've been drinking all night and like I'm not one of those people I know that and you have to like find out what where your limits are and what works for you Um, and some some of us aren't as lucky that we could just live whatever lifestyle and it be um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it still be great the next day and some people are and some you know some people that works for them and that's kind of fine it's just everyone's really individual with it but I yeah. don't know a lot of us don't take the time to know our own limits 
and our ourselves and what we need. And that is a, that's a really good point because I used, I always used to stress about um, I, that I, I basically first night of tour I don't sleep. I, and when I say I don't sleep, I mean I do not sleep. I may I may shut my eyes for about an hour or something like that. But it's just it, I don't know what it is. If it's that first night adrenaline that that, that doesn't that doesn't dissipate. Um, but now I kind of know it's going to happen, and mm. and and uh, you know I just. Yeah, I just deal with it because I know that you know what this has happened so many times that, and it's never a problem. So mm-hmm. it's just something that I, you know, I, that I I've got used to and I just don't stress about anymore. But again, mm-hmm. that that was always a concern because I, I, the minute you, well wake up, not really sleeping, and being at breakfast and just thinking, first thing, right? Okay, how's it going to go tonight? Am I going to be okay? And, you know, you can't spend eight hours of the day with that rattling around in your head. Oh, and yeah, and then you've just made it worse for yourself. <laughs> yep. As soon as, you, yeah, as soon as you worry about something you don't need to. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm brilliant at that. Um, <laughs> I, I, it, it's, it, it's just overthinking and all of that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, yeah that's where I live. <laughs> but you don't think that that is also part of uh, a performer's yeah. personality type I think performers as people are um, you know we tend to overthink and we tend to be uh, I don't know maybe quite emotional people or at least um, expressive people maybe in different ways and uh, it, yeah we're just we're just complicated beings I think that aren't as like and then we live these lifestyles as well that are even more complicated yeah. Um, and don't always like you know help us live a a peaceful life. Um, but Definitely. It's, uh, so so you know it's it's okay because it's just kind of part of being a performer, I guess. But you know the more uh, I'm sure you found it, the more you you get older, the more you you start to kind of balance it out a bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, and I, and yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. It it's definitely um, well. It comes with the territory of 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 being a performer. Um, you know, people say people you know often say there must be something wrong with you wanting to get up there and do that. Certainly when you know when I'm doing stand up, um, mm. and and my reply is yes, it's called ADHD. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, there is. I think there there is that. Um, there is that part of us that where you know you you want to perform you want to put yourself out there in the most precarious position because the rewards are extremely high um mm. but but you know you're, you're also aware of the pitfalls and that makes well as you were saying earlier about overcompensating about working you know too hard towards something mm-hmm. and and yeah that's that's just classic performer thinking isn't it yeah, yeah, because you're like, you want to give yourself opportunities. You're aware that like it's a very precarious sort of lifestyle, and you don't know where work is going to come always next. So you feel like whenever you get it, you should grab onto it. Yeah. And um, and if you have a project that you're excited about, you know, you start and you're really excited about it. You want to put everything into it, and then eventually you have to make sure that like it's something that's sustainable because. Especially if it's a long-term project, you can't always keep that going forever. Yes, yeah, you're really talking my language, Beth. I was just <laughs> nodding away there um, when you were saying about 
uh, I don't know about you, but I have a massive amount of enthusiasm for projects, um, you know, as they start at the beginning. And then and and then you know when you're in a position where you think wow wouldn't it be great if this could become a thing one day and before you know it it has become a thing but that's not the goal anymore the goal's mm-hmm. moved and now it's like wow i always wanted to be in this position but now i'm in this position um i want to be in that position and mm-hmm. and yeah i when you were when you were talking earlier as well right at the beginning about like just kind of changing the channel a bit and you know sort of doing different kind of videos and stuff like that it, it's it's it, it's about keeping yourself interested isn't it it's about keeping yourself yeah. focused and constantly i have to be constantly challenged or i'll lose interest yes yes absolutely and every time i want to throw everything into i'm at this time i'm being better i'm trying to like <laughs> um, i say that i but like i i used to like for years like i did not take like a day off ever. I was like, I would just be like, I'm gonna, you know, if I wasn't working, especially when I was younger and I had to do a lot of bar work and things like that. So if I wasn't doing any of those jobs, I was doing something else. And, you know, you're a person who does multiple projects as well. So I'm sure you've done that at points where you just oh God, want yeah. to die. And um, I've eventually got to the point where I'm like, I, I'm gonna take days off and I'm gonna take days off every week and I'm gonna spend them and like, you know, I do inevitably end up at least thinking about this stuff because, you know, my work is so part of my life. It's not yeah. like a job I can walk away from, especially if it's something that I am excited about or I'm writing something. I will go away sometimes and do a little bit, but those days are like only if I really want to rather than like I am going to do it, you know? Yeah, I would, funnily enough, I was going to say to you, do you, I, you know, I, I know I find myself in this position where you're kind of, you've sat down, you've, you've you know, you've assigned inverted commas quiet time as it were um mm. but in your in your brain there's a part of your brain going isn't that something you should be doing yeah yeah <laughs> i know i'm i'm really bad so <laughs> i i <laughs> i can't i can't help but start doing something as soon as it's like quiet time i'm like well oh maybe i should uh should uh, you know i could just write a little bit of this yeah i'm, I'm i am really bad at that but um my boyfriend tells me off <laughs> yeah well it, well good on him good on him because it because it, it is it is you you kind of do get that kind of like right okay it's quiet time i'm gonna relax chill out forget about that clear your mind great wonderful and then this little yeah. voice will go yeah but now would be the ideal time to do a little bit of this <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and i don't know i i am definitely a person as well but like if i haven't finished my tasks I it's as a definite like I get the guilt and then I feel bad about taking the time off so I often have to be a little bit more aware I think that's the only thing that the downside for me on taking time off I need to make sure that I do get stuff done otherwise I'll feel guilty in my time off for taking that time off so I need to make sure that I do get like whatever it is that I've decided in my head even though it's sometimes like silly or you know what the weirdest thing is if I just take it out of my calendar sometimes yeah. Um, as a thing to do I have like a little like this needs to be done calendar if I take that out then my mind then is kind of weirdly happy with that sometimes so uh, it just yeah as long as it isn't somewhere written down yeah but that's you see what you've done there is you've created a coping mechanism and you've 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 kind of realised you know you've realised that there's an issue and you've you've identified that there's an issue and you've come up with a coping mechanism slash you know solution 
and that is yeah. you know that's incredibly positive um especially when you're self-employed because ultimately you know mm. everyone says oh self-employed that must be great not working for you know not not working for anybody um and it's like well yeah on the one hand yeah but on the other hand uh it means i'm always at work yeah 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 you know it, it only it only suits certain types of people i think self-employed yeah. it really suits some people and it like i think like i have always been self-employed in some way and um it I, you know i don't really know any difference so for me it feels like and I don't think I could be completely structured into the times of like, I don't know. I like things like sleeping in in the morning as well. Yeah, sleep sleeping in is is generally frowned upon in the workplace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sleep at twelve and then I'll work later. Like it's not allowed. But um, I uh, I don't know. I like that flexibility a lot more. Um, but I think there's just a balance that's really hard to strike all the time and you have to constantly adjust it to where I don't know where you are in each moment but being freelance you do have the opportunity to do that you can just be like right well I will take this time off or I mm. won't take this time off because I need to do some extra work in there because it isn't so structured so yeah and I think I think work-life balance is easier to it, 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 it's it's it, oh god be careful here it's easier and harder when you're self-employed because you're managing you're having basically when you when you're if you're in full-time employment um your work-life balances when you're not at work that's your life you know it's not it's not something that needs to be planned or handled or or anything like that whereas if you're self-employed uh you can technically always be at work or always not be at work so you 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 do need to kind of keep an eye on it and and again create some kind of structure because as human beings we we do like boundaries and structure yeah, we do, we do, but it's also quite hard because I'm sure you're the same. Like sometimes, a lot of the time, my work doesn't really feel like work; it feels like a fun thing to do. Yeah. Um, and then also, so it isn't like the same thing. Like you go to like your your day, and you don't really like that part of your day, and then that's that that that's what you just have to do, and then you leave. It's like, oh well, it's a really fun thing to do, uh, and. And also, like, you know, a lot of it isn't as simple as, like, I get paid for this hour of work. You know, you, you yeah. do a certain amount of it, and often, it, you know, you, for me, I'll put out, like, a video, you'll put out a record, and, you know, something will happen, you'll, and you'll get money back later from that thing. Um, so it's it's not the same kind of transaction yes. that you'll get. It's really hard, because there's, there's really blurred lines into what is life and what is work. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. Well, look, we've got we've gone quite heavily into being self-employed. I want to rattle off some quick questions, um, and um, and feel free to say no, I'm not going to answer that um, because I'm, I, some of these are deliberately mischievous. I warn you. Um, so first up, um, is there anybody that you've ever taught where you've just thought, um, look, I basically don't like you, so I'm not going to teach you anymore? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, well, well. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was Howard. No, <laughs> um, no. Well, being a YouTube internet person, yeah, there's a lot of interesting people. Right now, what kind of happens? To be honest, like, is my schedule's pretty 
pretty full. So um, people kind of have to email. But when I first had stuff online, it would be like anyone who I, who I tell a bizarre story about someone. I don't know. Will they ever listen? Probably not. There's, um, Go on. There, was a, there was a person who once turned up to a lesson, like, and obviously just they, they could just book online. And they were thinking of Australia and or New Zealand somewhere uh, over that side and they turned up and they I was concerned they might be naked turns out they weren't naked uh, they were just sitting there like topless and really really bizarre and then being like well, I don't really want to sing and I was like I, what's happening why are you here why have you paid for this lesson and then he was like went to go and stand up and I was like oh god I think he might be naked because he was topless and then he put his like leg over like cross his leg I could see his knee, and I was like, oh. uh, "Yeah, yeah." So anyway, <laughs> that, that was someone I didn't want to teach again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's that sounds that sounds like the kind of service you don't want to offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, he wasn't naked, he, but it was really weird. Yeah, yeah, ever so slightly. Um, is there? And and I I, I guess really uh, when you were talking about children earlier, and I'm I'm assuming this has to have happened where you've you know you've got a child you've you've got a child um that's been sent for a lesson and you're sat there thinking yeah you you can't sing and this is just you know this child's being pushed into it by a parent and really you know you just need to kind of go look this isn't happening i think um there are definitely I don't think I've ever really taught a, a, a child that really, really cannot sing in any way. And I think children are so, you know, when they're young, are, are pretty able to learn. So yeah. they do. And if you're making the lessons kind of um, fun enough, really, then actually you can normally engage them in a way that is, is fine. I do think there are like a... a can be expectations from parents and things um but i would say no nothing that has been intensely uh harrowing for the child hopefully <laughs> oh thank goodness for that um <laughs> and um and have you ever um have you ever turned down um uh, a singing lesson for somebody for whatever reason without you know without even them actually you know having a lesson is there anybody that you've just kind of gone, look, no, I'm not doing it? Well, only because stuff gets too busy. So, yeah, like I, in that sense, like when I've been too busy, it has been like, well, when I have a free slot. Um, but generally, not really. I'm very like open to teaching like people who, from whatever, because you know, I'm teaching people who are professionals, people working in musical theatre, people who are in like training, people who are in bands, people who are complete beginners, people who just want to sing karaoke, people who just want to learn to pitch in the most basic sense. And um, all of these things I think are, you, you know, I feel like some people just want to teach like professionals or some people just want to teach beginners. And I feel like all of these things are helpful. So as long as I can be helpful, I don't really mind. And that also, that keeps your, um, I think that keeps your, your, your appreciation of what people can do across mm. the board as well doesn't it rather than just concentrating yeah. on the elite or or yeah. you know intermediate you're you're dealing with people from beginners to professionals that it keeps you on your toes 
Yeah, and it, like it means lessons are like really, really different, and we're focusing on completely different things. You know, what I work with with someone who's a professional is going to be completely different from someone who's gonna who just wants to sing with their family, um, and they have completely different goals, and that's what's interesting about it as well. Have you um have you ever done a lesson um with somebody who's actually like you know on the road on tour at the time, like on, tour. on online? So they'd be like, you know, look, can I? you know can i grab a session whilst we're away, you know whilst we're away i don't think i've done uh online sessions with someone on tour i've done like before gig sessions where like i'll go to the session and do like a warm-up and go through the song and stuff like that um but i haven't i mean yeah so i haven't done an online one like that though that's um that that's very that's very hands-on so you go to go sound check and work through things with them yeah Exactly. So often I'll be like, you know, have my plugged into their in ears. So I'll have my in ears and I'll get their mix and I can like have a listen to their mix and then listen to whatever's going out front or, you know, um, and just make sure everything's okay for them and yeah, go through to the one, as I say, and go through the songs and capture anything that they're worried about and make sure that it's all going well. Um, I, I, a lot of big artists, um, not none of the people are absolutely massive, but um, some of the people, the big artists, do that for like TV gigs. If they've got like a pressureful TV gig that's live, that's like a thing that often they'll bring a vocal coach on board to help them out to make mm. sure it's okay. Because I think there's so much pressure under um, in those circumstances. Right, and we're 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 back to pressure and stress again, aren't we? You know, where mm-hmm. where you're you're brought in as a, I'm not playing your role down, but a, a, you know, a vocal coach is brought in as a to make that person feel better straight away, straight away, reducing the stress. Yeah, making it less pressureful for them so that they can perform. Yeah, at their best. So they'll have the you know often like a choreographer and a you know people who are looking after certain all the other aspects. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, I'm I'm interested. Did were you were you kind of a, how did you end up doing um, uh, some of the reaction videos to to metal bands? Was it you know is it a, a, a kind of music that you know you've you, you've dipped in and out of over the years, or you know what made you go down that route? Well, I was always um, as as a teenager more into metal and stuff like that, and it definitely like very. Scotland, like people in Scotland are a lot more into metal than I feel like. Oh, maybe I know. People... Oh, I know. <laughs> okay, maybe it isn't just my perception. Um, so I feel like it's something that I did grow up with. And then obviously when I moved down to London and I was around a bunch of musical theatre people, then I ended up not so much. Um, and it actually just felt like a kind of dipping into stuff that I listened to when I was younger. Um, which was quite nice. And it, it just came from suggestions. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember those songs. Ah, cool. Um, so actually, it has led me to, like, uh, a whole kind of new side. Because the people I was working with before were more theatre or, like, you know, more, I guess, like, pop, pop singers. Um, and now a lot of my clients are metal singers. And it's just... Um, been really nice to to kind of move between different genres more what what you mean i'm not your only metal client that's ah oh. you're not my only metal client no oh right 
I'm distraught. Um, <laughs> I, wow, oh, that's that, that's that is really interesting. Now, I, I know what you mean about Scotland. I mean, you know, Glasgow is a is a is a big city for us. Edinburgh was a big city for us back in the day. Um, yeah, okay. and, and yeah, and well, we've I think well, we were supposed to be playing. Uh, we, we were even getting out to uh, to Dundee. Um, we were supposed to be in Dundee this year. Um, but that's that's been rebooked, and I think next year we've got we've got Glasgow, Dundee. I I think there's a possibility of trying to get to Aberdeen, but it's um, yeah, it, it's unlikely. But I've I mean yeah, back back in the day, um, you're talking to somebody who's performed uh, uh, in a metal band on tour in Alloa. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is, believe yes. you me, there are not many people who can say that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely I, bizarre. Yeah, I mean, people just love it here. Um, I, I think there's like quite a like a strong folk and metal like combination of like there seems to be a lot of people who are into folk, also into metal, and obviously there's like a whole genre of folk metal anyway. But yeah. Um, and so I think it that they kind of go hand in hand quite well, um, and just because of all that folk music that everyone's listening to up here, it seems to also just work well with those folks people. Um, but yeah, it's so nice to to be doing. I guess yeah, it feels very natural. It feels like quite a natural progression. Really, yeah. To go back to a lot of metal for me. Oh, that's really um, cool. That's really and and do you do you find that um, uh, that you get a lot of response because I, you know, you know how passionate metal fans are, um, yeah. and uh, do you, do you see a kind of a, a good level of engagement when you're when you're doing a metal video? Oh, the metal ones are always the biggest ones. People are like metal fans are like more metal, more metal. Um, which so yeah, definitely. I think that the metal ones do go down really well um, for sure. Yeah, I was, I was, kind of, I was kind of pushing you towards that because I thought that might be the case. Um, yeah. But, but the thing is, it, you know, we're also, we're also really evangelical metal fans, and it's like, you know, if, if, if some, I mean, I think that's that might be how I found, uh, how I found your video channel. It was either, it was either our guitarist who told me about it or I told him about it. But that's invariably how you find these things. When you know, when when metal fans get into something, they they want to they want to tell every other metal fan in the world about it, and you've got to go and watch it and see it and experience it. Um, yeah. And that and that, you know that's obviously borne out by the fact that there's so many reactions when you do post them. Yes, yeah. I mean, I think that the metal community is such a a kind of close knit and strong community. Uh, it's it's really nice, actually. Um, to see how well I set up a little um, like a little chat with um, some of my students and stuff actually you should join my chat I forgot um, oh right okay I've got like a, a discord thing for my students and everyone's completely into metal and then there's like one guy who's like really into country and I find it quite funny to like watch their conversation <laughs> <laughs> brilliant I, yeah, so well, it's like a really kind of diverse crowd of people that I teach. It's quite interesting. Yeah, that is that is great. Well, look, yeah, no, I would, um, I, I, I would love to, um, I'd love to join. And, um, and look, Beth, I mean, I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, I really appreciate you doing this. I really do. Um, and, um, and this is probably going to go out over Christmas, um, because I'm putting together some Christmas specials at the moment. 
um and i'm just trying to kind of speak to people who are around the music business and around bands as opposed to being in them which is the volume the, you know the the basically the, i do most interviews with people in bands um so yeah it's i i can't thank you enough for doing this and just and just talking to you again as well has made me want to do another bloody lesson <laughs> well you can come and do an online one I, well do you know what i'd love to but my neighbors not so much and and once again thank you so much not only for your time today but um those lessons really made um really made a difference and um i'm yeah i've been wanting to get you on the podcast for ages so thank you no worries it was a pleasure and it was a pleasure for me as well and hopefully it was a pleasure for you guys too um I really, really enjoyed that. I hope you did too. And um, I am going to be um, uh, definitely getting some more lessons again. Well, you know, once we get near playing some shows again, which hopefully will not be too far away. Let's just all hang in there. Everything will be all right. As we always say, as I always say, um, everything will be all right in the end. And if it's not all right, it's not the end. And it's not my quote. It's somebody else's. But there you go. Here's another here's another uh, ridiculous quote for you. Um, it's not. Uh, uh, it, <laughs> oh God, no, I can't remember the ridiculous quote. Oh, how fucking annoying is that? It was something about only. A, oh, there's, it, it, this is the end. Only a sausage has two it's something like that it's german um and you know uh, you hear these things they stick in your brain and then you say them on the podcast and can't actually remember them and make a complete fucking mess of it but there you go that's what i've managed to do there isn't it um look as always it's been um it's been a pleasure now there will be another one of these coming your way between christmas and new year to keep you interested and to keep you from getting bored and um as always i love doing these i i love doing these podcasts and as i always say you guys are my main promotional tool so please do spread the word share the podcast tell everybody you know we've got some wonderful guests lined up for next year um and it's just going to be another you know another year i mean the 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 sepultura thing was a real um a, a real kind of first for the podcast hoping to do more of those uh, those kind of exclusive hookups with bands and um yeah it's it's all set to be a really really cool year so please do keep listening keep supporting the podcast can't thank you enough i really really can't so find me on social media talking bollocks on instagram on facebook on twitter um it's if you put in talking bollocks and you can't find just look for the look for the the mic on fire and you'll see it now also in the description of this podcast i will put a link through to beth's youtube channel which is absolutely superb definitely um check that out because she's she was she's brilliant and that's how i ended up um hooking up with her as a as a singing teacher um she's great her insight is wonderful as you know because you've just listened to that you've just listened to that interview and i'm doing what i hate about all other podcasts which is they do an interview and then they sit there and talk about it and pull it apart and you just think well i've just bloody listened to it you know let me let me make my own bloody conclusions anyway i'm going off on a tangent as i like to do so this is the end thank you very much and i will speak to you again very soon